good morning. It's a beautiful spring day, isn't it? Yes. You know that I don't have anybody, nobody, did I say that right? Nobody gave me any announcements this morning. So unless there's someone out here has one that we need to remind people of, we're going to spend this time singing happy birthday to a very special lady in our congregation who's here today, and it's her birthday. Doris, happy birthday. Let's sing happy birthday to Doris. Thank you for letting us do that. <laughs> she didn't know it. Surprise for her. All right. Let's begin our worship together.
Lord be with you. And also with you. Let us pray together. Give us, O Lord, our God, understanding to know you, diligence to seek you, wisdom to find you, and a faithfulness that may finally embrace you. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen.
us affirm our faith. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who is conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. The third day he rose from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sitteth at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he shall come to judge the quick and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. be seated. Let our children come forth for children's time. Good morning. How are you all this morning? How are you doing? Good. Um, before we start our children's sermon this morning, I want to say that, you know, it's always interesting because you never know how many kids you're going to have or what age they're going to be. But I do challenge each of y'all to get involved in our children's ministry. It's a wonderful experience for everybody concerned. We've been doing a series of sermons on the Ten Commandments. And the Ten Commandments are found in the second book of the Bible, which is Exodus. And it's in the 20th chapter of Exodus. And we're going to focus in on one of them this morning, and then I have a, something for you to do. Uh, who gave the Ten Commandments? God gave them to who? Moses. He gave them to Moses. And commandments are like rules. Do you have rules at school? Do you have rules at home? We have rules almost. And you know what? When we're adults, we still have rules. We always have rules. Um, about uh, a week ago, we all had a rule that said we had to pay our income tax. And we had to do that because it's a rule. But this is one of the commandments that God had. Honor your father and your mother so that you may live long in the land with the Lord God that he has given you. Honor your father and mother. What does that mean? What does the word honor mean? You treat someone well. You respect them. You're kind to them. You allow them to lead you and direct you. You admire them. Um, there's a lot of words that mean honor. Um, and honor is something that sometimes, even as we get older, we find difficult to do. Because sometimes we don't do all those kind things to other people. Sometimes we, we get mad. Sometimes we say things that we wish we hadn't said. Sometimes we do things that we wish we hadn't done. And so we don't always 
Look at that word honor and remember that that's one of the Ten Commandments, to honor your father and mother. We're going to do a little um, something this morning to um, emphasize that to you. And if any of you have grandchildren or children that you would like to have uh, one of these um, games that we're going to play, you're welcome to come get one after the service. I'll leave it up here. What I've got is I've got a little package. And inside the package, what's in there? They're crosses. They're crosses, and there's seven of them. Okay, and this is the way we play it. When you get back to your seat, you give that packet to your mom or dad. And you say, every night when I go to bed, if I have honored you, if I've been respectful and kind and considerate, if I've been nice and didn't argue, if I've done what you've asked me to do, I get a cross. And you see if you can get all seven crosses by the end of the week. If you get them, or, or how many you get, come next Sunday, there's something I want you to do with them. I want you to put them back in the bag, and however many you have, I want you to drop it in the collection plate. Because you honor God, and you're giving back a gift to God. That's what, when we take an offering, it's, it's, it's money, but it's also, it's a gift to God. And those crosses are a gift that you've got to give to God because you remembered his commandment, honor your father and mother. Okay, let us pray. Dear God, in this busy world, sometimes we forget that we need to be kind and considerate. We need to listen to the people that are older than us. We need to listen to the lessons they have. We need to learn from them. Help us to remember that commandment to honor our father and mother and those before us. In Jesus' name, amen. reading is found on page 1567 in the Pew Bible. Reading from the Gospel of Mark, chapter 7, verses 9 through 13. And he continued, you have a fine way of setting aside the commands of God in order to observe your own traditions. For Moses said, honor your father and your mother. And anyone who curses their father or mother is to be put to death. But you say that if anyone declares that what might have been used to help their father or mother is korban, that is, devoted to God, then you no longer let them do anything for their father or mother. Thus you nullify the word of God by your tradition that you have handed down. And you do many things like that. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God.
As we come to our time of prayer, I'd like for you to please remember um, Jack Four, who is recovering from having a pacemaker put in, and uh, Bobby McQuaid, who had recently had a procedure and had, had to return to the hospital. Let us pray. Oh Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayers. Oh God, you are the caretaker of our souls. We come before you as those called to be part of your flock. And we offer our praise and our thanksgiving to your holy name for having fed us through the years with your word and sacraments and keeping us close to you. We are reminded this day that time and again you've rescued us. Your constant and abiding care have, has kept us. You've shown us the paths of righteousness. You've shown us the way to go. But we must confess, O oh Lord, that we are often like foolish animals who wander off in search of greener pastures. We do not always listen. And we sometimes follow our ways instead of your ways. And when we do that, we often get lost and are full of anxiety and distress. We pray this day, Lord, that you'd have mercy upon us. You'd lead us back into your fold. Restore us as your own. And by the power of your Holy Spirit, help us to testify to your compassionate power to those who have, are yet to believe. And by that same Spirit, help us to always remain upon the cornerstone of Christ the Lord, that we might be faithful witnesses to His life and power among us, so that many would come to believe. Oh Lord, You are the Good Shepherd, and You've sent people into the world in every generation to be caregivers, to go into the medical professions, to heal the sick, restore people. We pray especially this day for those who have dedicated their lives for the healing professions in your name. Help us this day to also to be bearers of that same healing grace so that we might touch along with you those folks who are infirm, whether it be body, mind, or spirit. We pray, O oh Lord, for wholeness and restoration. For all those that we've named in our prayer list and named in our, with our voices and have named in our hearts now. We pray that you'd help us to accept your good and perfect will in these and all things. We know you hear us. We seek to, to come to you in, in deed and we, as well as word. And we come praying as the Lord Christ taught us to pray when we're together. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Let us continue our worship with our giving. Let our ushers come forward to receive our tithes and our offerings.
may be seated. Well, we continue on with our series, and we're on our third Sunday of five, uh, talking about the tender commandments. Exodus chapter 20, verse 12 and verse 16. Honor your father and your mother, so that you may live long in the land the Lord your God is giving you. And verse 16. You shall not give false testimony against your neighbor. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you for all the many ways that you give to us teachings, precepts, commands. Help us to see these in a, in a bigger, more conceptual way. And see, see them more this, as, than just literally black and white and see how they can affect us and our society even today. We pray in Christ's name. Amen. You know, I've always thought as I learned to study the Ten Commandments was that the first four deal with our relationship with our Creator God. And the next six, which we're starting on now, really are how to live with each other and they form, I believe, building blocks, an outline, if you will, for a just society. And so if you think about a just society, what's the most important foundational part of a society is the family. It's the basic building block of any society. So it's not uh, unusual or difficult to understand that God would give this command uh, first, especially when you think about the society or lack of a society that these commands came into in the ancient world. In ancient times, in many places, the practice was not to honor their mother and father, but to send them off to die for, of exposure and starvation once they had quite literally outlived their usefulness. And it was in, within this type of society this commandment came. This commandment I like to think of as like a piece of legislation. It's like, a, it's like a social security legislation for ancient times that tells a society that you must take care of the most vulnerable. And of course that includes the aged and our parents. I think we should also note that this command is more, I think, than simply letting them live. <laughs> Instead of sending them off to die, I think honor, as referred already in the children's term, honor uh, carries with it the connotation to, of respect, uh, to give seriousness, uh, to appropriate seriousness to the person that you're honoring. And if you take someone serious, it means you listen to them. You listen to what they have to say. You might not automatically agree, but you listen. In ancient Israel, if one generation failed to listen to another, it could have had fatal consequences. For this was the way that their faith and their culture was passed on to the next generation. So as then, so as today, it is uh, the responsibility of parents, I believe, to pass on uh, the Word of God, to give their children a proper spiritual framework. Uh, if they don't get this now through this time and through this commandment, they may never hear it. They may never, may never know it. 
Another important part of honoring is to support. Uh, in the reading from the Mark's Gospel, you heard a discussion about something called Corbin. Corbin was the offering dedicated to the temple. Many in Jesus' time would use the excuse that they had dedicated all their money to the temple and were unable then to have any money to care for their parents properly. And Jesus rightly so called that an excuse for what it is. It's an excuse. Uh, even today, we often have sometimes, I believe, that same mindset when people say, well, I have to spend so much money on X, Y, and Z, I can't really take care of this. You know, even though it's kind of hard for us to imagine a society that would drive old people in the desert to die, we need to be aware that even today, not all old folks are given respect. Ageism exists in our country and around the world. Many older uh, parents are neglected even by their own children. And I have seen this and heard about this through the years. Now, I will grant you that caring for your parents can cause a financial hardship, just as caring for your children. And it's especially, I think, a hardship in my generation because many of us have children who've boomeranged back into the fold uh, because they haven't been able to really make it in the world. And so while we have to care for our children still, we're facing increasing needs from our elderly and aging parents. Sociologists call this phenomena today the sandwich generation. Many boomers are sandwiched between the responsibilities from both ends of the spectrum within their families. Now, I will admit that those who are faced with these circumstances do have hardships. They have hardships both emotionally and financially, physically. But I continue to believe and to trust that God's grace will be sufficient even in these circumstances, and so should you. One of the things that I hear when I visit elderly is they, they will say things like, I don't want to be a burden, recognizing that as they get older, they are actually uh, a burden. The thing is, is that us children, and those of, uh, those who, of us who are, uh, maybe we're not, maybe it's not our, our mother or father, but maybe it's our aunt or uncle or our grandparent or somebody that we love dearly. One of the ways we can honor them is to show them that even at their age, they are worth something. That their life does still have meaning and purpose. That kind of emotional support, I believe, is a major part of honoring parents. Oftentimes when I visit an elderly person, they'll say, well, I just can't do this or that or that anymore for the church. And I'll say, can you pray? And they'll go, yes, I can pray. I said, then pray. Pray for me, pray for so-and-so, pray for the church. Uh, I said, can you still use the telephone? They'll say, yes. I said, call somebody. Call one of your friends. Call somebody in the church. We go through the directory and take a name at random and call and just say, I'm so-and-so and won't you know I was thinking about you today. So these are ways that you can still have meaning and purpose. And it's important, I believe, for us as, uh, uh, when we're dealing with the, the aged, that we let them know and we encourage them and honor them by showing them that they still have meaning and purpose. Now this command, like so many things that the Lord gives to us, 
holds out a promise. Now, I hope you heard it. It says, honor these, the aged, because if you do this, this pleases God. It pleases God to the point that he says, I'm willing to give you a long time in the land that I'm giving you because you've done this, because you've done what pleases me in my sight. So it's important for us to do that. I also have a word to know for those of you whose parents have gone on to be the Lord. One of the ways you can honor your parents today is to continue to lead your life in a way in which would make them proud. You know, a way in which they would, they would be very uh, so, so happy uh, to know that you've turned out so well, that you followed their instructions, and that you continue uh, to do things that are correct. They can look down from heaven in that great cloud of witnesses and they can smile upon what they see. Now, one of the best ways to honor your family, in my opinion, is not to lie. And I think that's the reason I connected this commandment up, this number nine, the number nine commandment. I want to tell you a true story about a lady named Audrey Stubbert. She lived in Independence, Missouri. She retired at the age of 65, like most people. But she then continued to work in other various jobs, even part-time jobs, for the next 35 years. In 1995, she was 100 years old, and she was asked by a local paper to tell them what was her, uh, her prescription for a long and productive life. And she said, and I want to quote, I never smoked, I never drank, and I never, well, I tried to never tell a lie. <laughs> she said that last one was the hardest. Let's face it, lying or bearing false witness is indeed hard. I remember as a child that uh, I had a propensity to mow down flowers when I mowed the yard. I, <laughs> I'll be, I, I, and I, not to tell a lie, I have to tell the truth. Tell the truth is that I mowed them down so I wouldn't have to worry with them, right? I didn't have to mulch them, I didn't have to pull weeds out of them. So I just mow them down and act like, oh, I didn't see those flowers when I mowed them down. <laughs> that made, that, of course, you know, my mom, I couldn't, you know, it's like the, the whole idea about, you know, George Washington could never tell a lie, that was reminded to me quite a, a bit. The thing is about lying, though, it can be a very serious matter. God doesn't like lies. In fact, the Scripture says that Satan is the author of all lies. And it seems to me like God was trying to strive for a just society when he gave us these commands. And so it's important for us to know that this command is more than just bearing false witness or lying. It's also failing to speak up. He's failing to speak up against injustices. What is surely true is that many times we do not think that what we're saying or not saying is breaking this command. And best example of this is gossip. But gossip can be very destructive and it can be just as serious as any lie. You know, in our history, one of the most best examples of gossip run amok that was very serious is the Salem witch trials. Anybody remember that in your history, American history? In the summer of 1692, over 100 people 
were arrested and convicted because of malicious gossip. It was not true. The only way these women could escape being hung was, be, was really to lie, to say that, yes, that happened, even though it didn't happen. Twenty of the women refused to confess to something that were, they were not guilty of, and they were hanged. This happened because of ridiculous gossip and lies. You know, it would be wonderful if I could say to you this morning that injustices like that only occurred in the past, but that's not true. Injustices still occur today. Injustices in lots of different ways. There was a story uh, told to me about a woman who started telling stories. She got mad at her pastor, and it was a small town. And she started going around telling things that were completely not true. She fabricated a whole bunch of stuff about her pastor. After many weeks of so much damage had been done, been done in this little community that even some of the people in the community decided enough was enough and went to talk to this lady, told her all the wrong that she had caused. And, and with that, she actually felt sorry and repented and said, I want to make it right. So she went to ask for forgiveness. She was forgiven, but she said, what can I do to make restitution? And so she was told to take a feather pillar in the center of the town, cut it open, empty it out in the middle of the street, and then wait 24 hours to collect the feathers. Well, now you know what happened, don't you? 24 hours later, those feathers had gone everywhere but where she had left them, which brought in real way to her mind the lesson that was being trying to talk, talk to her. Once these feathers, like lies of gossip, got up into the wind, it is impossible to get them back. You should not bear false witness against your neighbor, as it sounds like a pretty good command to me. I know some of you came up through the Presbyterian tradition, and you probably remember that, know this from your studies. In that tradition, uh, they have a catechism book, and in the catechism book, it actually has a question that says, what are the sins forbidden by the ninth commandment? And here's the way part of that answer reads. It says, the sins forbidden in the ninth commandment are prejudicing the truth, the good name of your neighbor or even your own, giving false evidence, pleading for an evil cause, passing unjust sentence, calling evil good and good evil. I think that occurs a lot today. Forgery and this, this one, undue silence and a just cause. Think about that. Undue silence and a just cause. You get the drift, I think. God cares about justice, and I think this commandment is about that. It's, it's about creating a just society. But I said this at 9 o'clock, and one of our younger members come up to me after Sunday school right before I walked in here, and he said, I really, that really made sense to me when you said this, this part right here. I said, the problem with us sometimes in the church is that we try to see every issue in just black and white terms. And we, re, re, and we forget that there are really gray areas in just about every issue. 
And in these gray areas, we must not just hit people with platitudes. We must prayerfully consider what Jesus would do. Uh, and we need to understand that if Jesus is trying to create, if the Lord's trying to create a just society, uh, then the Lord wouldn't want us to wound people by our words. Now think about that. Um, let me give you an example of this. This occurs quite a bit when you're a pastor. Ever so often, uh, someone will put a picture in front of me. It could be a picture of a child. It could be a picture of a, a loved, you know, a, a boyfriend or a girlfriend or a, or a newborn baby or whatever. And almost 99% of the time, they will say something like, isn't this the most beautiful <laughs> person you've ever seen? Well, friends, now, if somebody sticks in front of me a picture of the ugliest little child I've ever seen, or future boyfriend or girlfriend, and I say, oh, that's the ugliest child I've ever seen, all right? That is going to hurt and pain that person. So it seems to me like the best thing I can do is agree with her or him. And I don't really believe that that violates this commandment because if this command is about uh, justice and injustice, God would not want us to wound people by our words. God would never counsel wounding people as a price for absolute truth. Think about it. God's aim, I believe, with all these commandments is to create a just society. Jesus, if you remember, when Jesus came and walked around and taught, he said, folks, you've taken this wonderful Ten Commandments and you've added about a million rules and regulations to it, Pharisees. And he says, look, if it all can be summed up this way, love God with everything that you are and love each other as you love yourself. You see, God's aim is a society where there's fairness and equity for all, where judicial decisions are based upon truth, where gossip has no place, where the sentence fits the crime, and where voices do not remain silent while injustice is done. Think about how many of you are old enough to remember if you don't remember, you're old enough to know you have parents who did. The, the worst thing that ever happened to our world, and that was Nazi Germany at the time. Think about this. Those voices that remained silent while all that injustice was being done, that was a violation, in my opinion, of the spirit of this commandment. Help, help us, to help us, and God gave us a road map. He gave us these tender commandments. He gave us precepts and teachings and parables. He came by example to us. All he wants us to do is listen to him and follow his guidance. And I think that these are good words to live by. And I've often thought, and that's the reason I developed these sermons to begin with, is that it misses the point when all you do is take a, a, a poster of the Ten Commandments and slap them in your front yard or post them on a building and you don't think about these things conceptually and think about what they really mean in all the ways that God's trying to create a just society.
So, to help us, God gave us these things to live by. I thank God that He did. I hope that you will find them uh, helpful as we've re-looked at them. And I hope that you'll seek to model Christ's like behavior and all that you say and do. Remember to honor those who are older than you, especially your parents and grandparents. And remember, don't bear false witness or lie. And remember to speak up. Speak up when injustice is occurring. Do not be afraid. Amen.
away the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the fellowship and communion of the Holy Spirit. May they be yours this day and each day. Amen. Thank you.